Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and today we're going to talk about children, uh, children's mental health, and also we're going to talk about bullying as well. Uh, it's a major challenge. Um, and I want, you know, you, you want to say with kids today, but it's been around for a really long time, to be honest with you. We've just really, I feel like, kind of focused on that aspect um, here in the past, you know, few years. And so we're going to talk with uh, Casey DeLay. Casey is a clinical therapist with Boot Hill Counseling Services. Casey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So before we get into bullying, because we, we really want to talk about that challenge that a lot of kids are, are facing, we kind of want to just kind of start with mental health. And, um, you know, mental health is something that, um, in case you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I kind of feel like over the past, I don't know, five years or more, there's been really this kind of laser focus, not just on the physical health of people, but also the mental health of people. There's just more information and, and it seems like there's more help available for people. Absolutely. Um, we are really trying to decrease the stigma associated with mental health and treatment. Um, we are trying to encourage people that, you know, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And oftentimes, um, your mental health can impact your physical health overall and can cause some physical health symptoms. Um, it's taking a lot of education to, um, to you know, inform people of the importance of taking care of themselves, not only physically but mentally, and symptoms to look for. Some people don't realize, you know, what may be signs of anxiety or signs of depression um, or, you know, other mental illnesses. I was talking with someone, uh, interviewing someone not long ago, a few weeks ago, I guess, and we were talking about veterans. And, you know, veterans that came home from, you know, for example, Vietnam um, didn't talk about their experience. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't want to hear about their experience. You fast forward to today's time, and we hear about all of these soldiers coming home with PTSD. And one of the thought processes is that people like the soldiers in Vietnam era, they also had it, but because they weren't speaking about it because there was no focus on it, you know, nothing was really being done about it. So it, it, it feels like, and, and I'm just using that as an example, that there's just more and more information available for people to look at, as you mentioned, like the symptoms or whatever, to kind of really see, oh gosh, this is really happening to me, and then having not having that stigma that they need to go seek help in some way, shape, or form. Right. We want people to feel empowered to reach out for help. We want people to know that it's okay um, and that help is available and they shouldn't feel embarrassed for that. And um, we just really want to end that stigma associated with that. So today we're really kind of focusing on on children. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of things that children deal with today that I didn't deal with when I was a kid, and I don't know how you old, old you are, but, you know, maybe you did. Maybe you're just kind of in that era. Um, but there's, it just seems like there is, um, as we look at this, you know, more talk and people really um, trying to get rid of the stigma and sharing the symptoms and that sort of thing, but it also kind of feels like there are different things that kids are facing today than what they were, say, 20 years ago. Absolutely. Um, it, th times are definitely different. 
um, kids today um, have, it seems like, a lot more pressure on them. Um, they have so many different things going on. It's almost as if they don't really have any downtime, um, not really having um, as much time to decompress, to um, get their energy out, um, there's a lot of anxiety and just kind of mixed emotions going on with children. Um, there's a lot more video games being played, a lot less time um, outside. And also another thing is kids don't really know how to fill their time now whenever they are bored. You know, kids a long time ago when they were bored, they, you know, were creative, coming up with different games to play outside, um, just kind of using their imagination more so than, than today. And um, kids now have that instant gratification of an electronic device. And um, there's been some research that has shown that being on an electronic device for long periods of time can increase anxiety. And also some isolation because kids tend to be more focused on the video games or or their tablets or the TV, and there's not as much social interaction, which in general right now in this time that we're in, um, there's a little bit less of the social interaction anyway because of COVID, which is, you know, creating a whole new um, gamut of problems. And I do want to talk about that aspect in just a moment, but something that you said that I kind of i am going to key up on a little bit, and I don't know if you've seen the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. Um, very fascinating how social media is affecting kids. Um, some of the people that actually developed a lot of the social media stuff that we see today don't even allow their kids to be on social media. How is social media affecting kids today? Okay, so that is a big question. And to answer your, your question on, or statement, I have not watched that yet, but I do plan to see that. Um, social media in general can be positive, but there's also a lot of negatives there. Um, it kind of opens the door for introducing children to things at younger ages, um, things that maybe adults shouldn't even be um, seeing. There is a lot of cyberbullying going on, and I know we're going to talk about bullying a little bit more here in just a little bit, but um, cyberbullying is a big issue for, for kids right now. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier for kids to get online and hide behind a screen and, and tell others, you know, what they think or, or bully them through, through the Internet. Um, and that is also re uh, resulting in some increase in um, ch child suicide. I mean, obviously, you know, a parent needs to be involved in their child's life um, as much as possible. But with social media, I mean, there's almost it almost feels like they need to be almost right by their kid's side every time they're on social media because you never know what that kid is going to see or watch or hear that can affect them in a negative way mentally. Absolutely. Um, with children that I see, I strongly encourage parents 
to monitor everything that their child is doing. If the child has access to any type of electronic device, whether that's an old cell phone the parent gave them or, or a tablet, anything that has Internet connection, I strongly encourage the parent to monitor because, well, children are very, they can be sneaky. Not that it's in a bad way. They just, they hear their friends talking about things at school and, and they're curious and they want to know more about it. Um, there's even some apps that are available um, to monitor what children do on um, electronic devices and to block some of that social media out. Um, they do tend to have a monthly fee associated with them, but they are very much worth it to protect children. And one of the things that kids right now are having to deal with, and you mentioned it earlier, is the challenge with COVID and how that has changed their lives um, in a lot of different ways, either because they can't play a sport or because their school is closed down. How is COVID right now affecting kids? I think there is a lot of anxiety um, and some depression. Um, there's the isolation aspect. Children are used to being around their peers and having that social interaction. That is something that all children, all people in general need, but children uh, especially need that. Um, and then they are, you know, going back to school, they're, they're, their school year is completely different than in years past. They're wearing the masks, um, which I think a lot of kids are adjusting to easily. Um, but then, you know, if there's somebody in their classrooms, for instance, that has been exposed and there's the quarantine issue, and, and I, you know, there's some kids that have been quarantined and then they may come back to school after that two weeks and then they go right back into quarantine because they've been around somebody else. And so it's a it's kind of a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions for kids, um, and then you know their parents aren't necessarily always able to be home to help them because of work, so they're feeling a little isolated. Um, they may be feeling um, anxious about getting their schoolwork done when they're not able to be in the classroom to hear the same instruction as their peers. Um, and is it important for the for the parent? And I think about the parent. And, and listen, I've, I've got a junior in college who's been uh, on quarantine three times this school year. Oh wow! And and so I understand you know that aspect of it. But as a parent, isn't it really important? Or do you feel it's important for the parent to really do their best to to stay positive during that time period, especially in front of the child? Absolutely, because things that you as a parent say. Um, to your children or in front of your children, I mean, your children are listening. And you have the ability to impact their thinking. Whether they let you know that or not, um, you do. And it's important to be positive and optimistic because if, if, if you as a parent are, you know, negative about the situation or if you're showing that you're stressed or feeling a little bit more anxious, the child is going to, as a result, 
feel a little bit more anxious about the situation as well. Today we're talking with Casey DeLay. Uh, Casey is a clinical therapist at Boot Hill Counseling Services. We've been talking about the you know uh, children's mental health and especially in this uh, time, you know, being quarantined and not being able to go to school or participate in other things uh, is wearing on on our young people. And Casey, we were, were talking before the break about you know how parents can be positive and that sort of thing. But what are some things that parents can do to help their kids to get through times like this of uncertainty or anxiety because of everything going on with COVID? I think it's important for parents to remember to normalize some of those feelings that kids are having because really as adults, we're having those same feelings. And sometimes it's a little bit more difficult for kids to process those feelings. So I think it's important to let your kids know, hey, this is normal. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. It's okay to feel this way. But also encourage them to to focus on some positive things in their life, not to really focus on all the negative going on around them. One of the things I heard you talk about in you know the other part of our interview was, you know, kids that um you know, today's kids don't use their imagination as much, maybe. Maybe they're not outside enough. I mean, are those things that that if you can do with your kid that would help, like, you know, just go outside, take a drive, go to the park, go fishing, try to use your imagination, make things at home. Are those some exercises that could help with that? Yes, getting them involved and, and showing them you care. Do activities with them, whether that be, you know, go outside and, and toss the ball around or jump on the trampoline or go for a walk, you know, going to the park, like you mentioned, or, you know, even coloring. I mean, just little things can make a big impact in your child's life. Spending that quality time with them is very important. So let's transition now to the to the bullying topic. Um you know, bullying's not new. It's been around for a really long time. Um, we see adults that do it. Some of them in, in you know, public office do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we see it on, uh, you know, sports. We see it in TV, on TV shows. It's been around for a really long time. But there has been a focus as of late to try to curb bullying. And so let, let's start with the bully first. I mean, what is it that can cause or push someone into that mode to be a bully against someone? So there is a, there are a lot of different things that can um, result in someone being a bully to someone else. Um, that could be, you know, life experiences that they've gone through. Um, it may be that um, – They've been bullied themselves at some point or another in their life, and um, their their reaction is to bully other people. It could be a wide variety of different things. So then, I, I guess, how do you try to change someone who has this mentality? Um, how do you get them to stop doing something like that? Um, I think it's important to for an adult to try to intervene um, with the with a bully. Try to maybe that's a school counselor or so, somebody that maybe the bully has um, established some type of a rapport with. Um, 
any kind of trusted adult and just try to engage the bully in a conversation and try to really identify what it is the bully is trying to accomplish. And it may not happen, you know, immediately. It may take some ongoing conversation. Or it may be that, you know, the bully needs to be referred for ongoing counseling services to really identify what's going on and what happened in the past to result in this type of behavior. And then on the flip side of that, when you have a kid who's being bullied, um, you know, a lot of times they don't want to talk about it um, or tell anyone about it. What are what are ways or things to look for, to, the, the signs that someone is, uh, you know, under this type of stress because they're being bullied? So this person may have um, a really low self-esteem. Um, they may um, say to themselves, um, you may see them um, change their demeanor um, when they are around or in the same room as the person that is bullying them. You know, I was just thinking, and I apologize for that the long pause, but I was thinking as you were you were speaking how bullying has changed. You know, it's no longer about you know the bigger guy taking the little guy's lunch money. Now we have social media, which has added a whole new level of bullying. And again, we see it from not just kids. We see it from adults, too, which is very alarming. Um, You know, how do we protect kids um, from the social media, from all these things that are happening around them when it comes to bullying? How... How do we protect that? I mean, I, I almost feel like we got to take kids off social media completely. Although that's that's probably a very improbable thing to happen. But what's the best thing for a parent to do? So the best thing for a parent to do um, is to have conversations with their kids, um, talk to them about you know social media and the risks of social media and how to protect themselves and what to do if they are bullied. Encourage um, children to um, get help and tell an adult. Um, I know some some kids are afraid to tell someone because the bully may have um, threatened them, but it's always the best thing to do is to tell an adult. Tell someone that they trust. And if that adult doesn't do anything about it, then get help from another trusted adult. Just keep telling someone until somebody does help. It seems like there's more training on, especially on this particular subject, uh, Casey. Um, and I know Sykes and Public Schools went through some. Uh, I think it's called trauma response training, um, or something to that effect. And that's uh-huh. all all about how you know to talk to kids who are a challenge. Um, you know, and, and really digging in and finding out what's the what's the true um, problem. Uh, are there a lot of resources for parents and adults to kind of look at, to get trained, or to learn more about bullies and, and the kids who are being bullied? There are. There are several resources online. Um, one that comes to my mind as we talk is um, a website called Stomp Out Bullying. Um, that has a lot of wonderful resources on it. Um, the CDC actually um, and the Department of Education also 
have some information available on their websites about bullying prevention and what you can do and ways to prevent that. We're talking with uh, Casey DeLay, and Casey, I know one of the things that Boodle Counseling has been trying to, uh, or, or has recently, uh, really pushed and, and is trying to get people to uh, get rid of that stigma, to, to seek help, and I want to end on this note because we're almost, we're almost done here, um, but suicides obviously um, are up in certain segments, children being one of those. Um, what do you say to someone who is contemplating suicide um, what, what are some things that we can do to get them help? Okay. So, you know, when someone is contemplating suicide, um, you know, it's important to let people know that there are people out there that truly care. There are people out there that want to help, and there are resources out there that can help you. Um, you know, there are periods in time when people go through, you know, difficult times, but we want people to know that there are people that help guide you through those difficult times in your life, and there are people that can help you navigate those difficult times and resources available. We want people to seek the help because their lives are valuable. Everybody's life is valuable, and we, we want everybody to be able to see that their life matters. Casey, thanks for being on the show today. If anyone has a question or wants more info, what's a the number they can call? All right, Casey DeLay, clinical therapist with Boot Hill Counseling. Casey, again, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. All right, and thank you for being with us on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.